0: Ladies and gentlemen, QC Fantasy. We are through week four. We are uh, getting close to 25 percent of the way through the season. We changed how many games, all that fun stuff. Four was the marker for me, but we'll we'll continue. My friend, co-host Chris Hayes, here with me. Chris, how are you?
1: I'm great. It was a good. It was a great week four. Um, but we're we're gearing up. We're gearing up towards 25 percent, like you said we're going to be hitting that home stretch before you even know it. Our sample size.
0: We've got, we've got enough. We've got enough. We talked a little bit in, in week three of maybe what we got wrong. And now just kind of seeing these trends continue. But unfortunately, another trend we're seeing is injuries, particularly to the running back position, which, you know, the zero RB and zero RB stands out there are saying, I told you so for stuff like this, but, Let's look at kind of a couple of the big ones. So Javante uh, Williams in Denver, so season ending, was ACL. I think it was either PCL or LCL was damaged as well. Um, Going to have surgery. I mean, it sounds like a KK Dobbins or Gus Edwards type thing where it was ACL plus other damage in the knee, um, which is unfortunate. But so you know, there's another running back there, obviously, that all the Javante – fans were not happy about which is melvin gordon um has had some fumbling issues so far this year we know they have mike boone on the roster as well who actually in the game this year i think actually played more snaps than melvin gordon did and then right after this the game they signed latavius murray off of the same practice squad so um obviously hate to see it for javante especially when it comes to Um, just where he is in his career and getting started. And then obviously there are fantasy impacts for all those out there. But what are you thinking about this backfield with Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone, Latavius Murray? And do we think it's worth taking a shot on an offense that hasn't really produced that much uh, on guys that are obviously not as talented as Javante?
1: Yeah, obviously very sad for for Javante. Um, He's one of my favorite players in, in the league, especially one of my favorite young players in the league. Um, I didn't draft him anywhere because of his draft price this year, but obviously, really, really upset. Um, Melvin Gordon is definitely worth looking into. I know he's had the fumbling issues, and part of that I think is due to a, a nagging neck injury he's had the last few weeks. But I, he has to be a must add at this point if he's on waivers because he's realistically, he's probably getting around 60 to 65 percent of the work for the rest of the season. Um, as long as he uh, cleans up the fumbling act. You know his press conference was was really telling over the weekend. He you know, was literally in tears when asked about the fumbling. So, I'm hoping that motivates him to to bigger and better things. And I do think this Broncos offense is coming um, into its own a little more. You know, I feel like Russ played the best game of of his uh, Broncos career on on Sunday. But I'm not really interested in Mike Boone. I'm not interested in Latavius Murray. But Melvin Gordon. He could be a sneaky RB2 for the rest of the season if you've got him. Yeah, I think it's
0: it's clearly Melvin's the guy, but you know, especially in deeper leagues, nothing like, you know, our home league right now. But I think Mike Boone and Latavius Murray are worth the roster because there's a chance Mike Boone is getting passing down work. Um, there's a chance Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray are sharing the short down and red zone work. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Their running back injury so Cordero Patterson based on IR so you're looking at four weeks there he's obviously been a big part of the Atlanta offense and so now it comes down to you know is it Tyler Algier the fifth round running back that was drafted this past year another name just to uh, keep in mind is Tyler Algier, uh, or sorry, Caleb Huntley. I already talked about Tyler, um, and then also which one of the Williams already? I always get them confused. Daryl, Damian. Um, he's been out hurt with an injury as well, but maybe coming back in two weeks, three weeks. I know early in the year he was getting more touches, so um, I'd love to see the young guy get it and become the guy in the Atlanta offense. But I also highly doubt that's going to end up happening, and. Patterson's out for four weeks and most likely will probably be back and playing his typical role after that.
1: Yeah, this is really interesting. The Patterson injury came out of nowhere. He was coming off a huge, a huge effort against, I believe it was the, was it the Chargers? where He had a, he had a huge game against the Chargers about two weeks ago. And then this, um, then he, oh, the Seahawks, excuse me, the Seahawks game. um where where he had over 100 yards and, I think, two touchdowns. But this kind of came out of nowhere. He took some time off of practice last week for unspecified reasons, and he popped up questionable on on the Falcons' injury report coming into Sunday, but he played, and we were like, all right, everything's fine. But next thing you know, he's having surgery on the knee, and he's going to be out the next four weeks. So this is really taken a turn. Um, hopefully he comes back and, you know, he's 100%, but... I I do like Tyler Algier a lot. You know, I was kind of hyping him up during during uh, during the off season, but this dude runs hard. You know, out of BYU, like he's a hard runner. Average eight, almost eight and a half yards per carry against against Cleveland on Sunday. So I, I'm hoping he gets the bulk of the carries. I don't really know who Caleb Huntley is, um. So I guess he's a name worth watching. But you I mean? Algier still had 10 carries Wall Patterson had nine on on Sunday. So it'll be interesting to see how that work is split up moving forward. Yeah, I mean, so Huntley's
0: kind of been a special teamer. He's been active, um, similar to Avery Williams, who's another name, but mostly a special teamer. Uh, So I do expect Algier to get the majority of the workload until Damian Williams and or Cordero, whichever one comes back. Maybe Algier can show something and carve himself out a little bit more of a role, even once those guys are back. But, um, you know, if you're in leagues and you're short on running back because of some of these injuries uh, that have been going on with Devontae Cordero, we know DeAndre Swift missing time, um, and now obviously getting into Jonathan Taylor, who uh, today the news broke that he is out for tomorrow's game playing Thursday night. Um, So, you know, quickly pivot to like Naheem Hines, right? Um, More of a pass-catching back he's not going yeah. to get the every down work so don't think that's going to happen if you have Hines um I you know in our league I'm personally playing him just because he is going to get more volume and probably more than just a few targets he's gonna be on there. the
1: field I mean he's gonna be lot, on the field a lot tomorrow a lot more yeah
0: um and then you know the other name to mention that we have here is uh Deion Jackson there in Indianapolis um so <clears throat> what do you think about at least for Thursday night because Taylor will probably be back in after that um, what do you think about those two splitting that backfield?
1: I mean, this Colts offense has left a lot to be desired. It's almost like a guessing game. Like, we all like Michael Pittman coming into the season, but he's been wildly inconsistent so far, mostly because of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan even played okay on Sunday, but it was the Moali cock show. Um, so this this offense has just been really tough to, tough to predict. Um, I don't think Heinz. I think you're right. I don't think Heinz's role really changes, but I also, I have no. I don't really trust Deion Jackson either, um, especially against a pretty good Denver defense. So, I think it'll be tough sledding tomorrow overall for for the Colts. Yeah, I think the only other running back on
0: the roster right now is Devonte Price, who is uh, is an undrafted free agent this past year out of Florida International. So, I mean. Hoping, at least for me personally, hoping Hines gets a lot of the work and then Deion Jackson I think, obviously I think in there. Philip
1: Lindsay. Philip Lindsay is Lindsay. also on the practice it's, squad. So there's a on the
0: shot up. Yeah, I'm sure they'll call him up. That makes more sense than the undrafted guy. No
1: offense to Dante Price out of Florida International. Um but yeah, I think if you're in a tight spot, you can start Hines tomorrow. I mean, I get your reasoning, for starting him tomorrow, but these other like Jackson Lindsay the if you want to add them to the ro- your your roster, if you've got an open spot, I get I get it. But you can't be starting any of these guys besides Hines. Yeah, yeah,
0: I agree. And I'm one of those people dealing with the Andre Swift injury, right? And then some disappointments and some other players that we will get to here shortly. So, without further ado, let's uh do some Week Four recap. <laughs> We'll start with uh, Bengals, Dolphins, Bengals 27, Dolphins 15. This was the Thursday night game. Before we go any further, I'm just going to take the big ol' I told you so to the Miami Dolphins, to the NFL, to whoever thought it was a good idea for Tua Tagovailoa to be back on the field. Again, you guys know I have not been a fan player, but that's no reason for Basically, his career and his life to potentially be put in danger now again I know he's not dying from this but we don't know exactly how long he'll be out we don't know if there is long-term injury here so I want to get that off my chest that it just makes no sense for the doctors the coaching staff the general manager the whoever to have even considered having him go back into the game last week let alone start this week on a short week so do want to get that off my chest before we go anywhere. Um, But with that, you know, do want to talk about uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and then obviously how Teddy Bridgewater being the guy uh, running the offense is going to affect everything uh, for those two players in particular who were both wide receiver ones coming into this past week.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Tua the injury really bothered me, like really, really bothered me. I mean, I'm a Bills fan. I got a lot of respect for Tua. Like he's a hell of a quarterback, in my opinion. But the way the Dolphins handled this was just so frustrating. It's so egregious. Like they're going to continue to lie about it. And I know they fired the the uh, the specialist, the 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 non-affiliate specialist for concussions. Um, but the Dolphins need to be held accountable. It is still ridiculous what what they've been able to get away with. So. I mean, I personally think McDaniel should be fired like he's just putting on a show. I mean, they're talking about how like last Thursday they were talking about how genuine a guy he is. Well, if he was so genuine, he wouldn't have put Tua out there like he is the head coach and he makes these decisions.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if you saw the there have been some clips going around of Ryan Clark um, on his podcast and his show talking to Mike Tomlin, um, you know, the current Steelers head coach. And there was a time when Ryan Clark actually came out of the game with a concussion and Ryan Clark talked about how he, you know, got checked out. He was talking to the specialist and the doctors and basically saying like, Hey, I'm like, good. I'm passing your test, blah, blah, blah. And he was basically like, look, all of us need to go talk to coach Tomlin. This is during the game and tell him that I'm good to go back in. And Ryan Clark talks about that interaction. They all went up to, Mike Tomlin, they started explaining everything. And then he said that Tomlin cut him off after like a minute. And he was like, I had like five minutes left that I could have kept going to try to convince him to put me back in the game. And he said that, yeah, and he said, he'll never forget. Mike Tomlin looked at him and said, if you were my son, there's no chance you ever go back into this game. Right? Yeah. He was like, he was like, why would I put you back in this game? If I wouldn't do that to my son, why would I, why would I do that to you? Like, you've got a career ahead of you. You're not going back in. And Ryan Clark was like, man, I was, I was hot. I was upset. He was like, but it, it, at the same time after the game and obviously later in his career, like that hit him hard. Like Mike Tomlin cared about him. Again, I'm not, I, I'm not saying
1: like we've, we've always known that about Mike Tomlin.
0: Yeah. And I'm not saying McDaniel is at fault, but at the same time, we know the coaching staff has say in this stuff and the fact that he didn't protect Tua um on a short week coming off of what was clearly a concussion and a serious one at that. Um, you know, it, it's just really unfortunate, like you said, frustrating. So um not to keep harping on it to get back to, you know, the game, still look at Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, and you know, what they were able to do, Tyreek Hill with the bigger game. Um, this week, 14 targets, 10 receptions, 160 yards just now I'm starting to wonder like Teddy Bridgewater carry both of these guys the way Tua was. Um, and, and it's going to be really interesting to watch.
1: will be. Yeah, it will. I mean, you still have to play both of them, Tyreek and, and Waddle. Um, I mean, there are going to be weeks like this. I mean, Tyreek through, through four weeks, Tyreek and Waddle have each had three really solid games and one dot. So it, it's going to happen with Teddy though. I'm not, and You definitely lose that that deep threat that you had with Tua, that deep ball. I mean, I know Teddy, he threw a bomb to Tua, but it looks like he, he was having like a heart attack as he was throwing it. Like, he put every ounce of energy and, and strength into that throw, and he still underthrew Tyreek quite a, quite a bit. Now, Tyreek is, is apparently really good at catching underthrown balls because he's just so damn fast, but you do have to maybe limit your expectations for Tyreek and and Waddle, but they're both so talented that you can't you can't really afford to take them out either.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, we're talking about what the in full PPR the current wide receiver three and wide receiver five. I definitely start them. Um, you're going to have to, but just know it may not be as, as nice as it was with you know two of there where, like you said, they were good weeks and one down week it may be every other now um that teddy is owned in on one player or another um then to get to the other part of the offense that has been a total disappointment at least for me um talking about the backfield you know chase edmonds was kind of the guy i expected to have all the pass catching work um and really have a big year because we thought this offense was going to be better i want pieces of good offenses Raheem Mostert had 15 carries. Chase Edmonds only had five, and then they both had three targets, right? So that's been the really interesting piece. Of course, Edmonds ended up with the receiving touchdown, which saved his day as far as fantasy. The first three weeks, not good, Um, or first two weeks, not good. Got two touchdowns in week three, um, but again was getting out-touched by Raheem Mostert. So I'm happy if Edmonds is getting the work around the goal line. Um and how it's going to shake out with Teddy at quarterback instead of Tua, I don't know. But I don't really feel comfortable plugging Chase into my lineup uh, week in and week out.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure what to think. Um, I mean, it's definitely concerning that Mostert is getting this much more work than than Edmonds. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think if there's one thing. That I believe is the switch from Tua to Teddy. I don't know if it's going to change its backfield, all that, all that much. I just, I don't think their game plan is going to change just because Teddy is the quarterback. Like, Teddy can't do everything that Tua can do from a a throwing down to down the field standpoint. But in terms of carries and what they want to implement with with the short passing game, I think that's going to stay the same. But it's it's going to be tricky to figure out. I still like Edmonds. I think he will get looks as still get plenty of looks as a receiver. But if if Mostert is now getting looks in the passing game, especially since he had the almost the exact same stat line minus the touchdown to Edmonds, that's something that's really concerning and frustrating, of course. Yeah, I think
0: if. My, I guess my one hope of Teddy is, like you said, the deep ball isn't there for him as much. So on those plays where maybe Tua would have just let it fly, if Teddy's looking but doesn't feel comfortable with the throw he has, go to the checkdown, go to Edmonds yeah. out of the backfield.
1: Yeah. Again, as they both have. Edmonds has to they both had check.
0: three. They both yeah. had three targets last game, so it's not like Edmonds is going to get every single one of those looks from Teddy.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the part we're worried about. Like we were kind of counting on Edmonds for sure having that passing down role. If he's, and if he doesn't, I mean, he was out touched by 17. He was out touched by 10, 10, touches. That's something we got to, you know, you really got to look at and examine.
0: Exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm concerned. I'm not throwing in the towel yet, but again, we're getting to that point with sample size where it starts to get concerning. Um, So let's look at the other side. I mean, the Bengals won. I know we got off on the diatribe about um, in the injury, but uh, turning over to the Bengals, you know, Joe Burrow throws for 287, two touchdowns, no interceptions, hoping he starts getting right again. Um, And then just looking at targets in this offense, so T. Higgins got nine, had seven receptions. Uh, Jamar Chase got six targets, four receptions. And then Boyd had five targets, two receptions. Not overly surprising. um, those are the only three receivers that even got targets. but you know we've been talking about it. it you know, T. Higgins has been outproducing Jamar Chase. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to look at as far as when you're setting your lineup every week. and you know also look back at last year, Jamar Chase had games where he had thirty seven receiving yards, fifty two receiving yards. Yep. He also had those games where he had over two hundred receiving yards, right And so when you look at total aggregate numbers looking back on the year, you're like, oh, he averaged this many per game. They really get skewed by some of those huge games. Um, so I'm not saying that T. Higgins is the alpha in this offense. I still think Chase is the better wide receiver. But as far as consistency for fantasy football, barring injury, T. Higgins has
1: been much more consistent than Jamar Chase has been. Yeah, this has been developing the last few weeks since Higgins came back from injury. Um I, a lot of it I think I mean T. Higgins is really good. Don't don't get me wrong. Like he's really good and Burrow played Burrow played great. Um, I do think like I had a feeling the Bengals I I'm not gonna say they dominated this game, but Miami was for sure fatigued from from the Buffalo game a few days before. Like that was a physical game. That's why Joe Mixon got twenty four carries for a whopping. 61 yards, two and a half, two and a half, uh, yards per carry, which, which is lovely. Um, but, but for those that drafted Jamar Chase in the first round, you can't be, you can't be pleased with the volume that T Higgins is getting. Like he was, he was open. He was making difficult catches. The touchdown was a a thing of beauty from Burrow to Higgins. And I was really excited about it. Um, but you have to be at least a little bit concerned cuz Chase is I think teams are just gravitating towards Chase as well. They're not going to let him beat them with 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 the deep ball with just the things that Chase can do. Um so I think he's seeing a lot more doubles this year and with T Higgins on the other side and Tyler Boyd on the other side it's just opening things up for for them. Chase is still going to get his of course, but it's I think teams are gravitating towards letting guys like Higgins and Mixon beat them versus Chase.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, and I kind of hit on it a couple of weeks ago with just how we're seeing a lot of these kind of, and not the T. Higgins plays in the slot, but Jamar Chase, obviously the deep threat on this team, um, and and off defenses are trying to take that away from offenses. Um, and I think we're seeing it with some of Jamar Chase's output. Now, again, we say that and he had twelve point one points without a touchdown. So, like, yeah, you're still getting production, but probably not worth where you drafted him, at least yeah. to this point. And so game up, looking at the Viking Saints. So this was the early game in London, uh, kicked off 9.30 Eastern time. Apparently there were a lot of people upset that Alvin Kamara got ruled out and had him in his lineup and all that yeah. fun jazz. But, you know, guys, wake up if you uh, if you really want to enjoy this stuff. Know when the games are. Get your lineup set. Make sure you're paying attention. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, so really exciting game, probably the most exciting game on the slate, or one of. we got another good one coming yeah. up here we'll talk about. Um, but Justin Jefferson, you know, Finally getting back on track after a couple of slow games, thirteen targets, ten receptions, hundred and forty-seven yards. Um also had a rushing touchdown on the day. Uh and then you know interesting to kind of see Dalvin Cook did play uh twenty carries for seventy-six yards. Um didn't did not have a touchdown. Uh Alexander Madison had three carries, um, did have one target out of the backfield. So uh it was interesting to see, you know, waivers, you know, the past few weeks and if there were leagues that Madison was not owned already which he probably was in most leagues but he was going for a lot and then only gets the what four touches the three carries and a target um so interesting to see that and probably reassuring for all of dalvin cook owners
1: i would be i'm not gonna say i'm concerned but it had it's been two straight weeks where madison has scored to scored touchdowns inside the red zone which is usually where dalvin cook feasts i mean it's Especially with the shoulder injury. I mean, we've seen yeah, Dalvin I mean, Cook's. The usage was still good. Like tw- 22 touches is twenty two touches. Um a two, it's been two straight weeks for for Madison getting into the end zone in, in the red zone. Um so I'm not concerned. It's, it's still Dalvin Cook, but it's frustrating for sure
0: yeah, and especially with the shoulder injury, like this has been a recurring thing through Cook's career. Um, so something to keep an eye on and hope that he stays healthy. But, like you said, for some Dalvin fans, it was good to see him play and get seventy six yards um and also get a couple of receptions. But like you said, getting using the goal line work um and Madison scoring a touchdown hurts. And then you know, Adam Thielen kind of reestablishing himself as the number two here in this offense the past couple of weeks. So nine targets. Uh, eight receptions, 72 yards, Um, and then Irv Smith as well, three receptions for 23 yards, the only tight end to catch a pass. So um, not exactly what we wanted for late-round tight end with Irv Smith for this game. Um, But, again, that's why you take him in the late round. But um, looking at the Saints side now, so we had Andy Dalton at quarterback with Jameis sitting out. Uh, Kamara, like I mentioned before, also missed – did hit on Latavius Murray going to Denver, you know, which is really interesting because in this game he had 11 carries to Mark Ingram's 10, rushed him 57 to 30, and averaged 5.1 yards a carry and scored a touchdown. Um, and then they put him back on the practice squad immediately after. Again, I'm I'm guessing assuming that Kamara is going to be back this coming yeah. week, and just like that he signed off the practice squad and and off to Denver.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean we'll see. What happens in Denver? Like that's that's a tricky situation. Um, he, he'll have to learn the playbook real quick. But Mark Ingram was really inefficient for the set for the second straight week. Um, they're hoping to get Kamara back. I, he probably will if they send Latavius back down to the practice squad. Andy Dalton was uninspiring, um, to to say the least. I mean, they didn't really the volume. And it was about a 50 50 split between passing and and rushing plays. So it it sounds about right. New Orleans was down for for most of the game. I'm just, I'm really excited about Chris Olave. I've been raving about him for for most of the.
0: Yeah. Got Chris cutting out there. Got a, got a dog acting up. Take care of that. But I agree that Chris Olave, you know, seven targets, four receptions, 67 yards in the touchdown. That's over 16 yards per reception. Um, He's looked, he looked really good all year. Michael Thomas obviously missed this game. Jarvis Landry was also, you know, playing through injury, two targets, two receptions on seven receiving yards. So Uh, You know, if you've got Olave, if that was somebody that you drafted highly, great job there. Looks like he's going to be the guy Um, and still is, even with Andy Dalton throwing the ball, uh, had a big game with Jameis, but comes back and has a really efficient game plus the touchdown reception. Um, So that's that's big for him. And will be interesting to see, you know, if Michael Thomas comes back and plays, if Andy Dalton's the quarterback, kind of how those splits and the share go moving forward.
1: Sorry about the dog. That was. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you're you're good hey
1: that was my welcome
0: day. to welcome to work from home chris. this yeah, is, this is this is how it goes
1: and after uh, it, so yeah so move on really excited
0: about yeah agreed um so moving on to the next one chris this is big time um bills 23 ravens 20 so bills come back from being down um 17 points So oh, still looking at you know lamar jackson Really good at football, Um, but obviously this was a little bit of a lesser game, which is interesting to say when he still rushes for seventy-three yards. Um, But did throw two touchdowns, only one hundred and forty-four passing yards. Um, And Rashad Bateman, seen a walking boot afterwards, he did have three receptions, but just seventeen yards. Um, Duvernay stepped up, four receptions, fifty-one yards. And you know, even Mark Andrews had a little bit of a slower outing. So. Um, I'm personally thrilled. J.K. Dobbins had 41 rushing yards, uh, a touchdown rushing. Really interesting thing here was the four targets, four receptions, and the receiving touchdown. So, if that's going to happen with Lamar looking to check the ball down, I mean, that was yeah. that's kind of been our knock against this offense this whole time is, you know, Lamar's going to take off and run instead of maybe bump it down to player short, even if it's Bateman, um, but especially the running back. So if he starts dumping it down to Dobbins, God, I'm going to be absolutely eating that up um, if Dobbins becomes that kind of player.
1: Yeah. I don't even think we, we haven't seen the full extent of Dobbins either. I think they, they really limited him in in the second half. He was outstanding in the first half um, with the, with the two touchdowns and the check back down, but justice Hill got a little more work in the second half. I believe and Dobbins just, there's probably a decent chance his conditioning's not 100% up to shape, but his, his usage increases, and I imagine his efficiency will increase as well. Like, the game was nasty, like, weather-wise. I mean, it was, it was just completely grossed out. So this is probably an, anom- an anomaly of a game for Lamar as well. Um, the Buffalo defense is, is strong, but in tough conditions made, probably made things difficult for Lamar as well. Yeah, I'll, uh,
0: I, I agree with that. I mean, Justice Hill did get the eight carries, like you said, probably conditioning. I mean, I, I don't dislike Justice Hill as a running back, but you can get more touches to J.K. Dobbins. That's,
1: that's definitely the way to go. Um, I think Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards is on his way back soon as well. So that could, that could potentially muddy the waters a little bit. Yeah, Gus Edwards was designated for return
0: um, off of the pup list, so I think he's got about 21 days to get back into practice and back back active on the roster. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But again, another guy that probably is going to have to work on conditioning, and you're probably talking, you know, week six, maybe week seven, possibly yeah. even week eight before he's back. So at that point, I'm hoping Dobbin's kind of gets himself fully established as the workhorse um, at that point in time. So and over to your bills. Then let's, let's talk about their backfield before we talk, you know, Josh Allen and the wide receiver. So see Devin Singletary with 11 of the 14 carries from the backfield. He also gets five targets, four receptions, 47 yards. Um, I I've had him in leagues just because he came so cheap and was available. Um, but at the same time, like I want guys in good offenses and everybody knew the bills offense was going to be very good. So if this keeps up that you know James Cook only gets one target and no carries Zach Moss is only getting three carries and it seems like this offense and the coaching staff just really trust Singletary with the ball more than anybody else out of that backfield
1: yeah i mean he fumbled in like the fir- he fumbled in the first quarter and the bills stuck with him so i mean this is not what i expected out of the bills for singletary to get as much work with, with moss and and james cook around but but here we are, um, I think you can trust his usage. Honestly, I don't think it's unreasonable for him to get 15 touches a game. Um, and in this offense, that could, be, that could be really valuable. I mean, he may not enter the RB2 territory this, this year, but he could have some weeks where he's a, potentially even an RB1 just because of the upside in this offense. So if you're a Singletary owner, you have to be thrilled with his usage, um, because you weren't quite sure what you were going to expect coming in, especially after the Bills drafted James Cook. Um, I still think the Bills need to get him more involved if they, if they want to potentially win a Super Bowl, because they'll need his, his explosive playmaking out of, out of the backfield. Um, but for now, Singletary is the guy.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. And I think you're you're gonna keep seeing this usage as long as they trust him. And like you said, it was really telling to see the fumble, and then he's he's right back out there. Um and then looking at the receiver, so Jamison Crowder um out with a foot ankle injury for the for ex- an extended time here. Probably Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie, I believe, was in concussion protocol. Was that right? Yeah earlier this week. Thanks um and awesome. so you
1: no
0: know, Again, we don't wish injury by, upon anybody, but Jamison Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, were splitting the, the slot snaps. Um, so was hoping to see McKenzie just kind of take over that role, obviously dealing with his own thing. And we saw the rookie Khalil Shakir get his first action. caught um, two receptions on two targets for 23 yards. Um, and then Isaiah McKenzie was the one that caught the touchdown pass. Um, Gabe Davis, only one reception, 13 yards on three targets. Stephon Diggs four receptions for 62 yards. So kind of a a, a slow a slow game uh, for these the wide receivers on this offense compared to you know, what we've seen in earlier games where Diggs went off. Game one obviously uh, with Gabe Davis catching the touchdown pass. So I think the offense is going to be fine, but it will be interesting to see does Isaiah McKenzie play this week. Um, and if he does, he's going to have all of those snaps. Or if he doesn't. You know, is Khalil Shakir going to have all of those slot snaps going to him?
1: Maybe. I think going into this week, if, I mean, Gabe Davis is obviously playing hurt. And if McKenzie is banged up, like, you're just, you're more likely to see more targets for Diggs. That's, and more receptions for Diggs. That's what this is. This will come down to.
0: Yeah, I think. You know, I, I keep saying it and I'll I'll get to it in the DFS show where I should have played Hawkinson, but um a totally different story. I think when you see the secondary and third wide receivers go down or even the primary, you start to see a whole lot more targets go to next best wide receiver up, which in this case obviously is Diggs. He's the best one on the team. Then you're also going to see stuff funnel to the tight end as well. Um it wouldn't surprise me at all if McKenzie misses that Dawson Knox gets more involved in the offense rather than trusting the, uh, the wide receiver, the rookie wide receiver uh, taking slot snaps in Cleo Shakir. I, I think he'll still have a part, but I think Dawson Knox will see a little bit of an increased role as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
0: All right, next game up, Falcons 23, Browns 20. Um, so looking at this one, Nick Chubb, just another big game, 118 rushing yards, a touchdown. So, again, still getting three targets, uh, caught two of them for nine yards. Um, Kareem Hunt, though, still with his 10 carries, 49 yards, that's almost five per carry, and still with him getting three targets, two receptions, and 19 yards uh, through the air. So, in that one-two combo is going to be good. Um, Jacoby Brissett did not have a passing touchdown. It uh, was interesting to see Donovan Peoples-Jones doubled up Amari Cooper in targets nine to four, also had 71 receiving yards uh and again it looks like david njoku is going to kind of keep being the guy that can make plays at the tight end position um harrison bryant did only get one less target than him one less reception but the yardage was the big difference 73 for njoku 18 for harrison bryant uh in this game
1: yeah I, i just both of i'll touch on both of these teams just because they're frankly they're they're pretty similar like Arthur Smith and Kevin Stefanski want to run the ball, which means you're going to get really inconsistent play from from all receivers, um, at least until Deshaun Watson comes back for the Browns. You're going to get instant, inconsistent play from Omari Cooper, Kareem Hunt. I mean, Njoku's been pretty solid so far, but it's a guessing game with tight end. He could have no catches next week. And then at Atlanta, I mean, Kyle Pitts has been disappointing for where you drafted him and drake london had an inconsistent game as a rookie wide receiver in an inconsistent passing offense you're never like you're just you're gonna have issues with these guys like invest in the running backs i mean obviously chubb is elite um but these are offenses you want to you want the runners for not necessarily the pass catchers to rely on
0: I mean, Nick Chubb, full-point PPR, sitting as running back one. Um, I, I never thought I'd see that just because we know he's not the pass-catching guy. Obviously, he can, clearly, but he's not. that's not his role. That's not his game. Um, and Kareem Hunt is there. But here we are, RB1 currently. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, we talked through the running back room in Atlanta with the Cordero Patterson injury. So really interesting to see what will happen there without Algier Huntley Williams. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, you know, I think my concern is, you know, what if this team goes to 1-3 and three this week and now you start thinking, like, hey, when is Desmond Ritter going to get in? I mean, Marcus Mariota's been fine. He's been serviceable. He's been better in fantasy than he has been um, for actually winning games. And that's I where it, I, start- I
1: think if Ritter comes in, it's – like, frankly, it's a disaster for me. If Ritter comes in – I. I don't. I think Pitts and London become almost unstartable. That's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, that's where it concerns me with like Drake London, who has looked good this year um, and has produced at a decent level for fantasy, even with Marcus Mariota and the way he's playing. Obviously, Pitts just kind of till this game with his eighty-seven receiving yards has not been overly impressive, uh, but still can't get into the end zone. Um, so. Yeah, that, that would be worst case scenario, but at the same time, you know, if they fall to one and three, um, we've already seen Pickett, so it's not like they're going to be the first one to start a uh rookie with uh, Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh starting this coming week. So yeah. something to keep an eye on when you're thinking about Pitts and London. But like you said, it's it's the running game for both of those offenses that are the yeah. key.
1: Yeah, for sure. But,
0: game up, Cowboys 25, Commanders 10. So after the hot start for the Commanders offense in their first two games, um, they are very quickly coming back down to earth with the uh, Carson Wentz experience that other teams uh, have, have gone through. Um, but, again, the Cowboys do have a really good defense. Um, and then you know, Cooper Rush, man, 223 yards passing, two touchdowns, um, looks like he can handle this offense and keep them in games and potentially winning against bad teams at the very least until Dak Prescott can come back. It was good to see Michael Gallup um get his first run called a touchdown pass in his first game back. Um which if you started him his first game back that was crazy but good for you off the touchdown oh, cuz he only had two receptions on 24 yards. But um you know, it, it was clear that Noah Brown took a backseat um, with just the three receptions, 61 yards, compared to what he had do, been doing before Gallup came back. So they did kind of split um, some of that stuff. Then CD Lamb again; he's past two games, man. He's he's looked like the guy. We we wondered in the offseason season if he could be, and maybe he only is for Cooper Rush. I don't know. Uh, but eight targets, six receptions, 97 yards, and a touchdown um, from the pass catcher. So do you think going to happen when michael gallup kind of gets his feet back under him particularly with cd lamb noah brown um obviously dalton schultz is still working his way back from injury as well yep. and then we'll talk about the cowboys backfield
1: yeah i was good i was gonna throw schultz in there if you're an owner of schultz and started him i mean kind of shame on you because like you kind of knew this was coming He just, just got to get his feet wet a little bit more but i'm not worried about dalton schultz especially when dak comes back but i mean cd and cooper rush i've it's so weird, right? Because Rush is the backup quarterback. He probably isn't practicing with Lamb all that much in terms of chemistry on the practice field. But they have they have this connection, and I can't quite explain it why it's better with Cooper than it has been with uh with Dak. But I think good things are to come for Michael Gallup, as, you know, as he works his way back he's always been really inconsistent though that's that's the thing with him he's gonna have some gigantic games he's gonna have games like this I mean I understand he's working his way back but this is honestly his floor as as well
0: yeah no I think this is probably the if you exclude the touchdown here three targets two receptions 24 yards is probably the least you're gonna see Michael Gallup do in a game this year um and looking at the backfield, so Zeke Elliott had 19 carries, Tony Pollard 8 uh, rushing yards. Elliott had 49, which is 2.5 a, a carry. Tony Pollard 6 yards, so that is less than 1 yard per carry. Um, you know, targets out of the backfield, Ezekiel Elliott 2, Pollard 3. He did have two receptions for 32 yards. So but if they get into positive game scripts, like it's – I guess Zeke is fine, but and we're talking about here –
1: this was. Ugly. I mean, we're
0: talking about here. He's got barely over ten points. Um, and then obviously Tony Pollard struggles when I think, the Cowboys get ahead. He's better off when they're behind and catching passes out of the backfield in space. So I, mean, I don't feel particularly great starting either one of them. But I know there are a lot of people in that position that need to play one of these two guys week in
1: and week out. Yeah, I mean, this. Frankly, this is what I come to expect of Zeke. Like. 19 for 49, it sounds about right. Like, I'm surprised he didn't score a touchdown. That's the only thing I'm surprised by. Tony Pollard, I'm really upset about. Really, really disappointed because he was starting to gain some steam. And then this happened. Like, I understand the Cowboys were in a winning position, but you still want to get your most explosive guys the ball when, when you can. So this, this was pretty disappointing. that Zeke out-touched Pollard by this much.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I'm, I'm team Pollard the whole way. Um, then, you know, flipping over to the commanders here. So Carson Wentz throws for 170 yards, two interceptions, um, did have the touchdown pass at the wide receiver position. Uh, Jahan Dotson, who's actually dealing with an injury now, three receptions, 43 yards and, and a touchdown. So that was to see out of Dotson. Curtis Samuel, again, seven targets, uh, led the team four receptions, 38 yards worry is you know scary terry right we're in we're in october here two receptions for 15 yards man i mean i'm just or where you were drafting him um which i was not but for those that were um you know terry mclaurin those just they were drafting not, any commanders out there oh well, and and again this is this is sometimes why we say if you can take a piece in an offense that is cheaper that you trust why not do that because curtis samuel and Jahan dotson have both outperformed Terry McLaurin and you could have gotten other players um, at different positions. Well, I, you know, and you're talking about Logan Thomas as well had six targets, five receptions, 19 yards. So it's not like people aren't producing in the offense, but it just doesn't look like Terry McLaurin and Carson Wentz are on the same page yet.
1: Wentz sucks. There's just, there's no two ways about it. Like just being blunt, like he's, he's not good. He's not like as the season goes on, it's only going to get worse. He's Carson Wentz, and he's gonna get banged up. And this Dallas defense is good. Don't get me wrong. This is like the perfect matchup for them, though, because Wentz will make mistakes. He'll make Turner turn. He'll he'll turn the ball over, throw picks, um, and he'll fumble the ball. So, like, this is a great matchup for for Dallas. And Washington has like no run game either. So, like, we're getting to the point where we all thought we would. Like, the beginning of the season, we were all surprised. Like, oh my god. Did Carson Wentz, did he turn a page? No, it's the, it's the same garbage. So strap yourselves in because you're headed to the dumpster fire with Washington real soon.
0: Yeah, when you, you hit on the running game, and for anybody that has Antonio Gibson, get out now um, would be my advice. Um, Brian Robinson will be coming back. Um, the rumors he was going to get activated for this game didn't happen. I didn't anticipate him to come back this
1: early. Back at practice, Even- I mean, amazing. Like, as much as I hate Washington and what they're doing, like, what an amazing uh, accomplishment. Because he's going to be back before you know it.
0: Yeah, and then the concern for, I mean, honestly, anybody, because I'm not going to want any part of this backfield, any piece of it, is Antonio Gibson had 13 carries, J.D. McKissick had eight, and Jonathan Williams had five. Like, wh- why why we're doing this, I have no idea in Washington um ironically jonathan williams had 48 yards which was nine and a half yards per carry so good for him you know, mckissick had 40 yards of rushing five yards of carry also had four targets three receptions 16 yards and gibson is getting some passing work he also had three targets three receptions but like that none of that that i just read off is is fantasy viable so at this point with the backfield i'm just I'm out um and unless Jahan dotson or curtis samuel are missing games I'm not that in on McLaurin, and I'd rather have the other two if I am going to have any pieces of this offense.
1: Yeah. I mean, John Bates had as many targets as McLaurin. What's up with that?
0: Tough. That's tough. Um, yeah, I mean, Samuel had more, Bates and Logan Thomas, so literally both tight ends had the same number of targets. And I guess the problem is, like, the efficiency then, because he caught on the same number of targets, two less passes than John Bates, three less than Logan Thomas. oh. So, <laughs> concerning obviously if Jahan Dotson misses this week um I would expect more from Terry McLaurin but uh definitely something to keep an eye on um talking about I I don't want to say good offenses but geez they scored 93 points combined um Seahawks Seahawks 48 Lions 45 so this was the game I was talking about DFS if you listen to that show teed this game up this was the game I went to I had golf as my quarterback I had Josh Reynolds unfortunately I picked the wrong wide receiver went Tyler Lockett. Um, but at the same time, we've seen a couple of games uh, just like the Ravens and Dolphins game earlier in the year where the, the nuts in DFS is a bunch of players from one game that just absolutely go off. And this was the one. Um, so no amon Ra, no DeAndre Swift. Also, no DJ Chark was a late scratch. Um, and yet the Lions put up 45 points leaning on Georgia Hawkinson with an absolute monstrous day um so he had 12 targets eight receptions 179 receiving yards and two touchdowns uh, josh reynolds filled in had a big game with game with 81 yards and a receiving touchdown and jamal williams taking over for deandre swift had 19 carries 108 rushing yards two touchdowns and also had a reception out of the backfield they also had craig reynolds and justin jack uh, jackson but they were three and four touches each so you know my love for the lions um Goff, even without all those weapons, against a very bad Seahawks defense, I get it. But they scored 45 points against an NFL defense.
1: Yeah, I mean they delivered. I mean this offense, like I'm, I'm pretty much done doubting this offense. Like this is an an elite offense. Like if they had any semblance of a defense, this could, this would probably be a playoff team. Like Goff has been tremendous. The offensive line has been great. Jamal Williams has filled in for Swift admirably per per usual. Um, I would have liked to see a little more work in the receiving game for for Jamal, but I mean, Hawkinson has was outstanding. Josh Reynolds, he and Goff have been together since since the Rams days. Um, I mean this offense is, is, is lethal. No no matter who is no matter who Goff seems to be throwing to. And I can only imagine what it's gonna be like when Amon Ra, Jameson, Hawkinson, Swift and Reynolds are all on the field together. Like it's gonna be just bananas, but this defense is so bad, like probably the worst in the league. Probably this is definitely the worst defense in the entire league.
0: And I honestly think that helps their offense for fantasy, like for they sure. have to score points if they want to be in any game. Mm-hmm. Um, so but I it's mean, we... like
1: they were down the whole game, but Jamal Williams was still really involved on the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Um, they're not afraid to still get the running game involved even when behind, um, but obviously without, uh, and raw and without DJ Chark, like it's a little bit easier to maybe not throw the ball as many times. Um, even with Hawkinson's big day and Reynolds stepping up. So, looking at the other side, the guys that took advantage of this defense, Geno Smith, three hundred and twenty passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Also ran for forty nine yards. Like, let's just pause and give Geno the dude. The dude's been playing well. Um, yeah. like, <laughs> 76 percent completion percentage. Like he, he's not just he's a QB one right now. For fantasy, Geno. I'm proud Gino, for all the doubt, all the haters, including us, talking about how bad this offense was. Right. Be. Um, which again, I know it's one game against the worst defense in the league, but he's, he's been efficient all year. Um, I mean, I like I could just read off every number here. Rashad Penny, 151 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Metcalf had 149 receiving yards. Lockett, 91 receiving yards. And then, I mean, it's just freaking tight end roulette here. Flip a coin. Two of these guys are going to score a touchdown per game. This week, it was Will Disley with a touchdown catch. Noah Fant. One reception was a touchdown. It's like Colby Parkinson still got three targets, two receptions for 28 yards. So, like we said, everybody in the offense was doing whatever they wanted. Penny with a huge day, Metcalf with a huge day. Um, and I mean, some of these guys are going to be fantasy relevant, uh, which I was not ready for coming into the year. Um, we knew Metcalf and Lockett just based off of talent and what they've done before. We didn't know if
1: Geno could still get them to that level. Apparently and so. it appears that maybe he can. If you've got Rashad Penny, sell high. That's what I'm saying. I just, I'm, I'm not a believer anymore in Rashad. Like, are I just, you worried about Are you
0: worried about Kenneth Walker or are you just not sold on the player in general and the offense?
1: I think there are a few things. I think Kenny Walker will overtake Penny at some point this year, um, whether it's because he eventually outplays him or Penny gets hurt, which is inevitably going to happen. Like, it, it's going to happen especially if he's touching the ball at least 15 times a game. Uh, I, that's what I think. Um, but Kenny Walker, yeah, it's a part of it, but the injury bug is a bigger part of it for me.
0: No, I, I'm still not fully in on the offense or the rushing game, but for this one,
1: they, they looked really good. Um, they're also just Nick- not, they're also just not running the ball as much as they did last year. Like they're, Letting Geno throw more than they let Russ throw. Hey, I I've, I've been saying it. Maybe
0: maybe Russ is the problem where he goes. I, I'm just I'm just. I, it's a very contradictory. Take it, it hot take. Maybe Russ is the problem, but we won't dive into that. Um, next game up: Titans twenty four, Colts seventeen. Um, for all the Derrick Henry people that were worried, turned fourteen rushing yards, one touchdown. Huge part of the last two games, right? He gets five targets, three receptions, thirty-three yards. Um, I mean that's that's sixty-three points that were, or six point three points in full PPR that we're just not used to seeing from Derrick Henry before. It's usually just the rushing work. Um, Tannehill really efficient this game, two passing touchdowns. Um, one to Robert Woods, one to the rookie Okonkwo, tight end, three targets, three receptions, thirty-eight yards. Um, I know Traylon Burke's probably going to miss some time. With an injury, Robert Woods had four receptions for 30 yards, and like I mentioned, that touchdown. So it's it just it's going to be more Derrick Henry. Um, there's going to be some Robert Woods, probably some Kyle Phillips involved as well. Um, and then, again, they've had four different tight ends play uh, quality minutes um, for them and just not interested in really taking a shot on any of Cody Hollister, Jeff Swaim, Austin Hooper, or Chiggy Okonkwo the
1: rookie. Shiki I mean, that, Henry is the only viable starter here. Like Tannehill, yeah, he threw the two touchdowns and he was efficient, but he was only, he's only averaged six and a half yards per pass. Like he's still a bomb. There's, there's, <laughs> there's no doubting. And he's barely, there's still a run first team with Henry. It's great that he's getting that receiving work though. That's, that's phenomenal. But Tannehill's a bomb. There's, there's no getting around it. And the Colts, I mean, good lord, you want to talk about tight ends? I'm happy to talk about tight ends with, with the Colts as well. Like, you just, you can't trust any of these guys. It's just a complete disaster. Like, I was pretty high on the Colts coming in. Sorry to like switch gears, because there's not much to talk about with the Titans besides Henry. Like, you're starting them, and you're not really starting anyone else. But the Colts, like, you're. It's the guess, the tight end guessing game. Like Mo Ali Cox had a gigantic game. He'll probably have one catch for ten yards on Sunday, the, with, with the way these things shape out. And Jelani Woods will have five for fifty-four and two touchdowns. Um, this whole like the Colts has just been so frustrating, and Michael Pittman is probably the the source, just because there's zero reason Michael Pittman should be getting the same amount of targets as Alec Pierce and. Pierce outproducing him it's just so frustrating to me um and with Jonathan Taylor out this I think this offense is on the verge of just completely collapsing yeah I mean we talked through the Jonathan Taylor stuff and
0: yeah it's interesting because like Matt Ryan was actually pretty efficient right like 73 percent completion percentage 356 yards passing touchdowns but Like you said, it's as far as fantasy goes, I'm not worried about Michael Pittman. He had an injury. He missed a game. Um, He's going to be the guy. I'm not overly concerned. Alec Pierce has had games where he's had multiple drop passes. Um, Paris Campbell, I don't think is very good. Um, And Ashton Doolin, like, was great for a week or so when Michael Pittman was out. But let's be honest, he's not a guy that's really going to do a whole lot for the offense. And then, like you said, I mean, of the 356 passing yards, uh, about half of those, if not more, went to the tight ends. Mo Alley-Cox, six receptions, 85 yards, two touchdowns. Alan Granson, four for 62. Jelani Woods, one for 33. And like you said, the touchdowns just seem to rotate through these tight ends. And good luck picking which one is going to catch them that week. Um, So – With Taylor out, I'm really concerned about the offense because then you just – teams can say, hey, let Matt Ryan try to beat us because we know Naheem Hines and Deion Jackson are
1: not. Yeah, like I agree with that. I don't don't know if I agree about Pittman though. It's like I'm legitimately pretty worried about it. Like I know he's coming off the injury, but – it's just concerning how much they're using the tight ends and how much they're not really using their receivers. And with Taylor out, teams are just going to focus on Pittman. Like he's either going to get a really good cover corner, like he is tomorrow with uh, uh, with Pat Sertan, or he's going to get doubled quite quite a bit. So this is something I'm really worried about because I was, you know, I was pretty certain that Ryan was just going to lock in on him all year as long as he was out there, and that hasn't been. That hasn't been the case. So, I'm, I'm a Pittman owner in only one other league, but I'm, I mean, I'm concerned for for sure.
0: I, yeah, I guess this week I could see you being concerned because you don't have Jonathan Taylor there as a distraction, play action, like any of that stuff. So I agree this week. Um, Long term, if Taylor is okay, um, I'm not as concerned about um, Michael Pittman. Just. I trust the player, and I, mean, I want you know, to trust
1: the player, but I don't trust Frank Reich to do what needs to be done.
0: Well, uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, next game up, a little bit gross. Giants twenty, Bears twelve. Um, so did see Daniel Jones go out with an injury. Tyrod Taylor came in, um, had a couple of couple of snaps, but like this is. It worries me for the risk of injury, but like Saquon Barkley, thirty-one carries, one hundred and forty-six yards. He also got two targets, two receptions.
1: You know what's going on. Saquon did play quarterback as well. Did that
0: play. Should be no. Did, did play quarterback. Um I mean we. Like, we had to see this coming with what this wide receiver room has turned into with Shepard missing the rest of the year, Kenny Galladay having whatever issues are going on there, Wanda Robinson, Kadarius Tony out injured as well. Um, I mean, everything's going to go through Barkley. It has to. Um, and
1: I mean, it has to because all these other guys are terrible.
0: You, Richie I mean, James, David Sills. I mean, for I people I just, that actually have,
1: believe Richie James was going to do something this week, like, like – Get your head out of your ass. Like, just do it. <laughs> like, we're talking about Richie James. He's gonna get more he's gonna get he's gonna be a part of this offense. Like, come on. Like Daniel Bellinger, if if you believe in Daniel Bellinger as the rookie, okay, I get that. Like if you wanna if you wanna go down that road and talk about like guys that can actually catch the ball, like we can do that. But Richie James, like, come on, man.
0: Come on. Don't do it. I am excited for I am excited for Bellinger. Not this year, maybe. Even yeah, though this may be obviously. the year for him to step up with, with all the injuries, but rookie rookie tight end already carving out you know the three targets, three receptions, twenty three yards, and a almost twenty percent target share. Uh, I'm liking it. I'm not starting him anywhere right now, but if
1: I have him in dynasty drafts, I'm I'm excited. Yeah. Is Jones gonna um, be, is Jones playing on Sunday. Uh, I, I believe
0: that's what is going to happen, but he's still listed as questionable currently. Um, but everything is turning towards, yes, him starting. That's lovely.
1: But yeah, Saquon's good. <laughs> Besides that, it's, it's oof. It is oof.
0: Speaking of oof, um, Justin Fields, 11 for 22, 174 passing yards. Um, which, you know, Darnell Mooney, good, I guess, had his quote-unquote big game, four receptions, 92 yards. Um, and then cleo herbert was the pickup for the week 19 carries 77 yards one target one reception 24 yards so no touchdowns which was disappointing but um obviously did enough for what you wanted as a guy filling in and then i talked about it last week Trustin ebner um the rookie getting carries as well so six carries for 20 yards actually had three targets and two receptions so more than Khalil herbert not fantasy relevant right now but just a player i like as a rookie um if you've got him, stash him. If anything were to happen to Herbert, you're you're probably in a pretty good spot. But Herbert did his thing. Mooney had a game. Um, Cole Komet caught passes, but had less yards than a guy named Trayvon Wesco. Receiving um, yards. Also a tight end on the Bears. I didn't know that, but good for Trayvon Wesco, more yards than Cole Komet. So not much more to say about the Bears' offense at this.
1: Yeah, I wish Herbert got in. Uh, frankly, he should have gotten more carries. Like I don't think 19 is enough with this offense, if you're not going to throw with fields, like you got to run the ball down their throats with your best players. But when, uh, you can't get first downs, you get a lot less plays, a lot less (laughs) care. You're you're bad, bad,
0: right? It was was four field goals. So like you take what you can get out of this offense. And right now the only getting you can have is Cleo Herbert. So play him. And then we'll see what happens when David Montgomery back. Um, so let's get to offenses we actually enjoy talking about. So Eagles 29, Jags 21. Um Hurts, a you know, let's call it a slow game. I mean, oh, it's kind of like Lamar, right? Yeah. 104 yards, no passing touchdown, did run for a touchdown. Um Jay Brown, five receptions, 95 yards. Devontae Smith quieted back down after his big game last yeah. week. Alice Goddard, five receptions, 72 yards. Um, for me, I mean, like I was saying it on previous shows, especially when it came to the preview show and DFS. This is Miles Sanders' backfield. 27 rushes, 134 yards, two touchdowns, three targets, two receptions, 22 yards. Like, there was all the concern in the offseason about what this offense was going to look like. Were they going to run the ball? Were they going to throw the ball? Um, FYI, they ran the ball 50 times this game and threw it 25. Um, So, now, again, Jalen Hurts is there, so he's running the ball a lot. But Miles Sanders had 27 of the 50 carries. He was Um, a beast. So, just just ride with Miles Sanders if you have him while they're getting good.
1: If you listen to Miles Sanders when he said, don't draft me, you made a mistake. But I think he's, like, I
0: don't think you're even so high. I mean, he's a good running back on a good offense, really and a he's getting
1: touches. Yeah. You keep him. You keep him. Yeah. And A.J. Brown, super consistent. Dallas Goddard. Like, Goddard will have, Goddard's, like, a really good tight end to have, honestly, because his floor is pretty good. Like he's going to get a lot he's just going to get looks because Hertz and Goddard have a really good connection but his ceiling is is quite high, honestly like he could go, he could have two touchdown games because he's that red zone high but this is definitely the floor for Devonta Smith like the ceiling is insane and the floor is is quite low but you just you want a piece of this offense there, there's no doubt about it. it but I I am surprised at Miles Sanders. I didn't think he would be this involved.
0: I'd agree with that I thought there would be more of a timeshare but um, yeah I think Devonte Smith for me was like a better play in best ball where you could just benefit from those spike weeks that he's going to have but it wasn't somebody that I was like going to want to plug into my third wide receiver slot every single week because I do think there's the chance when they decide we're just going to run all over this team like they did this past week yeah his floor his floor Can be low, um, but A.J. Brown's going to be the consistent one, and I agree. Dallas Goddard's going to have – I thought it was going to be last week. I had him a lot in best ball. Goddard's going to have one of these blow-up games, um, and everybody's going to be talking about it, um, and it just depends on what week is it going to be. So, flipping over to the other side, which I think the the score kind of skews this because the Jags did have a defensive touchdown here. Um, So their offense, again, Eagles have a really good defense, but struggled – uh, Lawrence, 174 passing yards, did have two passing touchdowns, both to Jamal Agnew. Um, Zay Jones was out, so Agnew ended up getting those touches, four receptions, 50 yards, the two touchdowns. Um, Christian Kirk had nine targets, but only two receptions for 60 yards. Um, Again, I think that probably has to do with the Eagles' defense. There's a guy named Darius Slay out there who's pretty good at football. Then um, not worried really about tight ends this game. Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, Chris Manhurts all had one target, one reception. And then we've talked about this a bunch, but the running back split, right? They both had eight carries Robinson 29 yards ETN 32 Um, ETN had the only target out of the backfield between those two, but didn't catch it. That was interesting watching the game, seeing Jamal Agnew come into the backfield in the red zone and then run a quick out to the pylon and catch a touchdown pass where I was sitting there just going, should be Travis ETN. Sure. Like why, why are, why are we not using Travis ETN that way? And I don't know, maybe the coaching staff doesn't like him again. i Chase Edmonds, the Travis Etienne's like these were pass catching backs. I expected to have that sort of floor in full point PPR, and and really neither of them have. Chase Edmonds has scored three touchdowns, which has saved him. Tien has not gotten
1: that yet this year. Yeah, his usage has been very concerning to to say the least. I think this is an an anomaly game from James Robinson. You can continue to start him, but this was just. This was just a brutal matchup. He's going to have some more lanes for him next week against uh, Houston. But ETN, like, I know he, he had the same amount of carries as Robinson, but it doesn't really change the fact that I'm, con- I'm extremely concerned. And I've seen people drop him, honestly, and I, I'm not sure if I want to pick him up just because his usage is so down. Um, Peterson doesn't seem to trust him. Robinson's getting a lot of work. But I think this game was just an anomaly just because of the The Eagles' defense is just so good. But it was good to see uh, Lawrence continue to put up pretty strong numbers against such a good defense. So that's good to see. Um, But in terms of the running backs, I think Robinson will quickly take ownership of the backfield again next week.
0: I mean, not to wish injury upon anybody, but James Robinson has been somewhat injury prone. Like that, if I'm an ETN owner, which I am, and I wish he was doing more, like that's if I'm holding him, that's all that I'm like sitting around waiting for. That is true, but
1: like even when ETN snaps, he hasn't looked good. It's been bad. I at that point, you're just
0: relying on volume. If they say, "Hey, ETN's got to carry the workload that both of them were carrying." Then we're talking 16 carries, four targets. Like I can live with that from a guy that I got in you know, what the sixth round, whatever the case may be where you were drafting him coming into the year. So uh, people were taking him higher. I I wasn't, but obviously have him in our home league. So well, I, I'm holding out for now, but I, I don't know how much longer I can do it after a sample size of five weeks. Um, <laughs> Been over Jets Steelers. So Zach Wilson starting the game through for 252 yards, one touchdown, did throw two interceptions. Um, it was interesting to see the splits with the wide receivers now with Wilson in and Flacco not, yeah, not, not playing quarterback. So Garrett Wilson, six targets, only two receptions. Corey Davis had seven targets, receptions, 74 yards. Elijah Moore. Four targets, three receptions, 53 yards. Corey Davis did have a touchdown. Um, Tyler Conklin at tight end, still kind of doing his thing. Um, three receptions, 52 yards. If you're getting that out of your tight end without a touchdown, it's just even better when they do catch that touchdown pass. So, um, I mean, what do you think about these wide receivers? And then we'll talk about the splits out of the backfield.
1: I think it's a cluster. Honestly, I, I'm expecting more from Elijah Moore as This season goes on. Um Garrett Wilson, I I think he is most likely, like out of these three guys, Davis, Moore, and Wilson, I think we're most likely to see Wilson's production drop the most just because I feel like Wilson has worked, well, not feel, like it's just a fact that Davis and Moore are running with the first teams, which is where Wilson is practicing with those receivers. So he's developing chemistry with Davis and Moore. So I expect their numbers to go up. Um, Corey Davis came out rock solid expect more out of more, oh, that's terrible. But Garrett Wilson is obviously talented, and he'll get his looks, but I think his production will go down a decent amount. Tyler Conklin, I guess you keep playing him if you have him. Like, why not? Yeah, I, I, I like I mean, I think he's a
0: decent shot. They haven't really looked to get anybody else involved at the position. Um, and if they're throwing – I mean, honestly, Flacco was throwing it like 50 times a game. Wilson got to 36, almost
1: 40.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, didn't think we'd say that, huh? And then the backfield, you know, Brees Hall, 17 carries to Michael Carter's nine, um, 66, rush, 66 rushing yards and a touchdown. Doubled up Michael Carter in targets, which is interesting because I think we did – Hall can definitely do both, but I didn't think they would really turn passing game work over to him so quickly. Uh, six targets to Michael Carter's three, uh, but both just with two receptions at this point. So in mean, every single metric you look at, Brees Hall each week is starting to carve out more
1: and more of this workload out of the backfield. I mean, this is the beginning, right? Like Brees Hall's taking this backfield over. It's just a matter of matter of time. He's He's the more talented back. By the end of the season, he'll be handling most of the work with Carter just as a change-of-pace guy. But it's coming. It's Now it's just a matter of time.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, um, and looking at the Steelers, so uh, Kenny Pickett replaces Mitch Trubisky. He rushes for two touchdowns. Um. Obviously that upset the, the Najee Harris owners, but let's be honest, it's not like Najee has been – playing all that well anyways um <clears throat> and then it is interesting because george pickens started to pick up much more of a oh, target wow. share mm-hmm. once a pickett came into the game um over chase claypool when we've seen that skewing towards chase claypool in previous games so a lot of people excited about pickens and pickett connection um see where that leads and then i'm just I was kind of fading Najee coming into the year. We heard about the foot injury. A lot of what he did last year was volume-based, and I just don't see him getting those same number of touches and being as efficient as he was last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's still getting decent volume. I'm pretty concerned that he didn't get any work in the receiving game. Um, I think you just got unlucky a little bit because, I mean, this could have been a two-touchdown game for Najee. He just got robbed by by Pickett. I think you got to you got to hold tight with him because the volume will always be there for, for Najee, but um, I'm excited about George Pickens. Um, Chase Claypool is, at this point, he's the wide receiver three on that team, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Pickens is the more talented guy. He's more exciting. He's uh, he's just better, like straight up. He may even, I'm not going to go this far, but by the end of the year, like Pickens could be the number one receiving op- option in this offense based on just the talent alone, like Deontay will always be that possession guy. Um, he had a rough outing this week, but m- more work with Pickett, he'll, he'll get better. But it, it, we could be looking at kind of, I mean, Friar is rock solid as a tight end, but honestly, we could be looking, in my opinion, by the end of the year, not as talented, but like a Metcalf-Lockett situation with Pickens and Deontay Johnson.
0: That's high praise. I praise, but I mean it's it's going to be two really I mean, I talented. Like, I don't like this receiver. offense
1: all that much, but but these guys are talented. Like Najee is talented, Pickens is talented, Deontay is a beast. I'm not I, Claypool's not all that good. He's slow as molasses. This guy you can't, he can't he doesn't have it. And Fryermuth knows how to get open. He's the new the new George Kittle. Without the run right. blocking, you heard it here first. So, looking at uh, the next
0: one, Chargers thirty-four, Texans twenty-four. So oh, yeah. Austin Eckler, finally with a, a get-right game. So sixty rushing yards, two touchdowns. Um, had the forty-nine receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. I mean, this is <clears throat> this is kind of the volume we were hoping to see Eckler get, um, and honestly, the efficiency as well, where he's averaging four point six a carry this game yards per reception so big for him helps when justin herbert throws for 340 yards two touchdowns Mike williams had 11 of those targets seven receptions 120 yards and gerald everett who unfortunately was sitting on my bench in our home league um five receptions 61 yards and the touchdown so again this was the offense we wanted pieces of uh keenan allen still missing which obviously kind of skews some these numbers to Eckler, Williams, and Everett specifically, uh, because we really haven't seen DeAndre Carter step up that much with just three targets. Josh Palmer one target, and Michael Bandy at wide receiver, another new name there. Two receptions for forty nine yards, but it's it's Eckler, it's Williams, it's Everett right now um, in this offense. Uh, obviously, running through Justin Herbert at quarterback.
1: Yeah, I mean it's. Don't get me wrong, it's great. Like I'm fired up for Eckler because. I mean, it's amazing. You give the ball to your best players and look what happens. You score points. Like, it's, it's not that difficult. I'm still concerned, though, with the amount of volume that Michelle and Kelly are getting. Like, they had 10 carries combined versus Eckler's 13. Now, I'm not saying that all of those 10 carries should be going to Eckler, but it, it, frankly, he, need, he needs to be more involved than he is right now. It's like, that's like he's so efficient, but they're not using him enough. Like Michelle Michelle and Kelly had also had five targets, only two less than Eckler, as at combined. I know it's separate, but in my mind they're they're together. So I still don't think they're using him enough, which is frustrating to me. Eleven targets for Mike Williams is is exactly what we're looking for. Like that kind of that kind of day as long as Keenan Allen is out. Gerald Everett has been great, but I do think once Keenan Allen comes back, you'll see his production dip quite a bit. But I'm still frustrated with the involvement of Sony Michelle and Josh Kelly in this offense.
0: I mean, I, for me personally, it was something I was kind of expecting. I mean, even Austin Eckler talked about how he didn't want to be carrying the ball 25, 30 times just for his own health, right? But yeah, like we're seeing some of these, these guys, guys,
1: like, they suck. Like they're not they're not doing anything with their touches. And I know Sony Michelle is good in pass protection, but would you rather have a receiving back out there? Josh Kelly stinks. Like we haven't seen anything my, from him his first few years.
0: My quarterback has an injury and I want to protect his back. Like, yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna spell the guy, let's let's make sure we can protect the quarterback. Yeah. But it, and it's something that I think was talked about this offseason a little bit of trying to protect Eckler because he's not the biggest guy out there no. on the field. He's not
1: small, obviously, but at the running back position. So, um, I mean, I'm not going to, I mean, I'm I agree. Uh, 19 carries is 19 carries, but I still, I think he could handle a little bit more if the chargers want to be successful.
0: I think we're used to seeing him get all the red zone stuff like he did last year with how many touchdowns he scored and and hoping to see that again, but, Speaking of running backs, uh, Damian Pierce, 131 rushing yards and a touchdown. Also had six targets, six receptions. Rex Burkhead did get involved with five targets, five receptions, 39 yards and a receiving touchdown. I mean, it's clearly Damian Pierce's backfield at this point. So um, I was not as high on Pierce, especially where he started getting drafted. I mean, running back on the Texans offense, I wasn't super interested in. But you know, he's he's shown up, especially in this game. Uh, But I don't know how sustainable you know almost 10 yards a carry is uh from from damian pierce but he he does look
1: good yeah i love seeing damian pierce as the only rusher in in this game i mean he's he's a baller you know i can appreciate this um and yes rex burke did get work in the receiving game but i mean wall pierce was about as inefficient as you can be he did have six receptions on on six targets like it'd be great if he could turn a few of those into more positive plays then if he's catching passes out of the backfield and he makes burkhead almost irrelevant like i i get where people were drafting him but I mean, the amount of volume this guy could get is is, is quite it, it could be quite something
0: and then we talk about ecklers get right brandon cook seven targets seven receptions 57 yards and a touchdown. Um yeah, man, I, I want to see that more often, but I just don't know how much of it we're going to see out of this offense. Go Collins, good game, three receptions, 82 yards, basically off a of big plays. He did have five targets, so it's not like he turned you know, a, a small amount of targets into 82 yards. But, again, it's got to go somewhere. It, it, clearly, this offense should probably go through Damian Pierce, but definitely need to get Brandon Cooks involved. Yeah they've got to find another option, whether it's Nico Collins or one of their seven tight ends that they have turned to
1: this year. Um, they've got to find a way to produce a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, I mean, it was a good game script for Brandon Cooks as well. Yeah,
0: that's true. Playing from behind. Um, looking at the Cardinals and my QB1 in my heart and in the game, Kyler Murray, um, 207 yards, two passing touchdowns, uh, also ran for a touchdown. Uh, you know, Marquise Brown just kind of continuing to be a target hog. Uh, 11 targets, 6 receptions, 81 yards, and the touchdown. Um, next up was Rondell Moore, first game back, right? So, 5 targets, 3 receptions, 11 yards. Wasn't expecting a ton for game back, but good to see him get the 5 targets right off the back. Um, Zach Ertz, 6 receptions oh, oh. on 6 targets for 47 yards and a touchdown. So, um happy with the passing game. I mean, I know I talk a lot about Kyler. Um, I am pretty thrilled with how this offense has looked and the fact that Kyler is QB8 right now. Um, That getting Hopkins back, obviously Rondell Moore being healthy, like, second best target is no longer Greg Dortch. Um, So I'm encouraged by that, but I also know this offense, I feel like, has a ceiling uh, just because they really haven't looked that good. James Conner dealing with an injury. We saw, Eno Benjamin and Darrell Williams Carries as well. So, um, high on Kyler because he's made stuff work in the worst situations in this offense right now with all the injuries. Um, but they've been, other than this game, playing from behind. Um, and that has really helped his fantasy output.
1: Yeah. I, I'm going to say it. Like I said before the season started, if you have Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, I think now is the time to sell high. That's because Hopkins is coming back soon. Now's the time to sell. Get, he's a wide receiver one right now, isn't he? I mean, you could could potentially go out and get, I don't know, someone like Debo right now who's been very good but still a little more inconsistent. You could maybe go get a CD lamb or, or, I mean, if you really like Metcalf, you know, you could go out and potentially get him. But I think now's a really good time to sell Hollywood Brown with
0: Hopkins. Wide receiver. Head receiver six in full point PPR. He is only behind Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle.
1: Yeah. So go, go sell them all while you can. Because once Hopkins comes back, it's going to look a lot – things are going to be looking a lot different. I, I'd agree with that.
0: I love him. Um, I have still got him in our league. Um, and who are some high-low receivers on? right now? You uh, by low receivers so i think debo had his a big game yeah. on monday so he's, he's maybe not one but i mean if somebody's still not sold on cd lamb and they think with gallup coming back and with dax injury um like that's one but i don't like love cd lamb maybe a devontae um, you know maybe or a mike evans I you mean, know, i love yeah, devontae adams i was looking at mike evans um what would you what about Chris Godwin? Like still coming back from injury, we saw the hamstring get aggravated. Because no I, I mean, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans usually produce
1: about the same as far as fantasy you know, points I think game that, over game. I think that could be an issue all year though for Godwin the the injuries.
0: And and that's where I get into like I'm not sure who I could buy low on. I'd really love outside. I mean like. We talked about Michael Pittman. Like, I don't know if I want to trade Marquise Brown no. for Michael Pittman, who hasn't been performing you you right. You
1: could probably package Hollywood and, and a, like a RB3 for Devontae Adams right now. I bet you you could pull it off.
0: Oh, well, we saw him go for uh, Justin Jefferson in our league, but that's a different story. <laughs> well, we won't get into that. Yeah looking at uh, the panther side as much as we don't want to um baker two interceptions less than 200 yards one passing touchdown um that passing touchdown did not go to DJ Moore but it did go to uh, Christian McCaffrey so you know this is this is the efficiency right like same number of touches he had eight carries nine receptions nine receptions is absurd he had the efficiency in the passing game with 81 receiving yards caught the touchdown pass that's what you're looking for from Christian McCaffrey. Honestly, like I think that's sustainable. He's much less likely to sustain an injury with eight carries, but nine receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. If we were going to try to give him 20 carries, 25 carries. So I'm perfectly happy with this. Um, And then I think for all of us that had our hopes up for DJ Moore this year, six receptions, 50 yards, which again is 11 points, but that's not what you want from somebody that should be your wide receiver too. Um, Oh, just, it's the Baker Mayfield experience at this point. I was optimistic, but
1: I'm, I'm out as a fan in fantasy, all of it. I think if there's a silver lining, is that Moore got 11 targets? Like, is it sustainable? Maybe maybe not, but if there is a turning point, it would be right now for DJ Moore. Um, Baker looks like crap. I mean, he's just a bum. Just a bum off the streets. Um, so, I mean, they traded for him. We were... At least a little bit excited about the upside he brought but i mean it just looked like ass there's there's no i, it, I it'd be better than sam Darnold. yeah but maybe we were I mean, I know how bad that. darnold must be if, the, if uh, yeah, is still, we,
0: is still out there do know that um i'm i'm, I'm dead on the panthers side christian mccaffrey play him dj moore i'm worried but yeah i think you got to ride it out at this point so at Packers beat the Patriots 27-24 um, you know an interesting game but like we we haven't been expecting that much out of the Packers offense like they do play slow but they got the win here Um, Rodgers throws for 251 two touchdowns one interception obviously this offense runs through the backfield we got Aaron Jones with 110 yards AJ Dillon with 73 Jones had four targets three receptions AJ Dillon two targets one reception And then Romeo Dubs and Alan Lazard both had eight targets. Um, Lazard had 116 yards. Dubs had 47 yards and then the touchdown. So, um, you know, again, I'm not sure what to make of the wide receiver core and the pieces and what we want
1: from this offense. I think you can trust Lazard at this point. As a wide receiver three, I think you can trust him. That's my – As a third guard. Guy. Yeah, as a wide receiver, too, I think you're getting excessive for sure. But, I mean, he's in Rogers' circle of trust. Six receptions, eight targets. Like, that's, that's going to be rock solid. You can trust Aaron Jones every single week. Um, A.J. Dillon is tougher to predict. Just, I guess you can play Dillon every week, but I'm, I don't know if he gives you that necessarily. I, like, he has two touchdown upside every week, but Aaron Jones is the guy. So, it's just kind of a confusing situation. They both produce and they're both good, but you don't really know what you're doing with A.J. Dillon. I trust Alan Lazard. Romeo Dobbs has looked great. Like, and, yeah, like he, he's looked rock solid. And they use him and Christian Watson in the red zone. So, I think it's tough to... predict. Uh, Christian. Yeah. Go ahead. You... Dobbs should be rostered, but you shouldn't be playing him. I think you can play Lazard almost every week, if you're just looking for consistency, and someone that yeah, I'd probably trust.
0: Probably agree with that, because without the touchdown, Dobbs has five receptions, 47 yards, not like the best output. Yeah. If you've got him in your lineup, um, Christian Watson did have a rushing touchdown, like you said, being used in the red zone. Robert Tunyon was the uh, other guy with the. Receiving touchdown, two targets, two receptions, 22 yards. But, again, with tight ends, you want to look for consistency in receptions and yards and not always be relying um, on these touchdowns. So, we talked about this one being a weird one. Um, Brian Hoyer started the game because Mac Jones is out injured. Uh, Hoyer gets hurt during the game. Bailey Zappi comes in. Um, He's from Western Kentucky, threw for, like, 6,000 yards there. So, like, good good college quarterback. I mean, you can say what you want about the competition, but – the dude put up video game numbers Um, throw for a passing touchdown to Devonte Parker in this one, uh, but similar to the Packers, right? Like we're talking about the running backs here, Damian Harris, 18 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson, 14 carries, 66 yards. Um, You know, so a lot of people look at that and say like, it's Damian backfield, but still more interested in Stevenson with the five targets, four receptions, yep. 23 yards compared to Damian Harris's one target think that has shown itself to be more reliable week in and week out i mean that's a 23 percent target share in this offense almost 24 as opposed to relying on damien harris touchdowns every single week which he did last year i don't know if he can keep that up again this year obviously
1: yeah, i am all aboard the remandre train that's that's all i gotta say like if he's getting work in the passing game he will be out producing by damien harris by the end of the year
0: I, I think so, and and keep in mind, Jacoby Myers let, was I out mean, this he game. the team
1: in receptions and targets. Like, what more do you need to see? If this is going to be okay. consistent, if he's taking the James White role and he's getting 14 carries a game, he's just he's the more valuable back.
0: That's that's what we look for, um, and again. Jacoby Myers did miss this game, so when he's back yeah. healthy, expect him to take targets, but he's probably going to take them away from Parker, Aguilor, and Bourne, and maybe not so much Ramondre Stevenson because he's getting his work out of the backfield. But I agree. I think I'd take Stevenson right now over Harris uh, in this backfield. Yeah, I agree. So Raiders, Broncos, you know, I kind of talked in the preview show about how in the offseason we would have been targeting this game as like a DFS, just the perfect scenario, great offenses, then we come into it and it's like, well, we don't really trust Russell Wilson. We don't like Darren Waller. Devontae Adams has had some bad games. Um, and then, of course, we talk through the Javonte Williams injury as well, which occurred in this game. So Carr played well enough, I mean, as a quarterback, but fantasy-wise, 188 yards, no touchdowns, um, no interceptions. So that helps. Actually had 40 rushing yards. So shout out Derek Carr for the rushing yards there that no one expects. Um... As far as rushing, man, Josh Jacobs, 28 carries, 144 yards, two touchdowns. And again, the crazy stuff with Jacobs here, like he has turned into a bell cow, six targets, five receptions, 31 yards. Um, That's, again, huge to see. We just talked about it with Ramondre. Like, yes, take the carries, but even more importantly, like give me an almost 20% target share out of the backfield is huge. Um, And then Devontae Adams had a a bounce back game nine receptions on 13 targets, 101 yards, did not get in the end zone, but still a big day. Matt Collins came back down to earth, three receptions, 33 yards. But once again, the bane of your existence. Uh, Darren Waller, three receptions, 24 yards on five targets.
1: And that is it for Waller. I mean, fire up Josh Jacobs every single week. There's no way around it. If he's getting work in the passing game, which he never has in his entire career, you got to fire him up every week. I'm uh I'm sure Hunter Renfro coming back will have maybe some effect on how Jacobs is used in the passing game, but he shredded the Denver defense. So fire him up every every single week because this is the ceiling for, for Josh Jacobs, and the floor is quite good too. Um, Zamir White, I know he only got two carries, but he was impressive in both of them. Um, Devontae Adams, rock solid. I just... His floor is always going to be pretty good, and he'll always find a way into the end zone. I just don't think the ceiling is quite as high as I thought it was going to be. Um, Darren Waller, I'm just flat-out concerned. Flat-out. like They're using Matt Collins more than, than Darren Waller in the red zone, which is beyond me. If it was Adams and he was getting all the red zone loose, I'd be like, all right, yeah, that makes sense. But Matt Collins, like, it, it's, it's frustrating that he's seeing more more looks than than Waller the last few weeks so um but Josh Jacobs really really encouraging
0: yeah, definitely play Josh Jacobs and I mean I thought the past two weeks would be Waller's week um one of them at least with Renfro out but you know just hasn't
1: Anything hasn't happened worse. um things got worse with him out
0: Oh, and then looking at Russell Wilson, we mentioned it a little bit before, um, probably his best game so far uh, as far as being in Denver, 237 passing yards, 68% completion percentage, two passing touchdowns. Uh, you know, we talked about the injury with Javante. ovin Gordon, Gordon, um, obviously going to be the guy that needs to step in. We'll see how that plays out. Mike Boone did have three targets, one reception, nine yards. We'll see what happens when Latavius Murray back. comes
1: in. Mike Boone had some egregious drops as well, like – like, his other two targets were both bad drops by, by Mike Boone. I think one of them was also to end the game. Like, he was wide open in the flat. And Russ hit him on target, and he just dropped the damn ball.
0: I think he's still probably going to be the guy getting some of the passing down yeah. work because Latavius Murray is not, obviously. I think Melvin Gordon can do some of it, but not all of it. Um, And then it may mean, hey, instead of Javante out of the backfield, we're going to start looking at Sutton Moore or yeah. Judy, um, maybe one of the five tight ends that they've been playing as well. So Sutton, again, seven targets, five receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Judy got five targets, four receptions, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Like, this is what we were somewhat expecting out of this offense was let's get Sutton and Judy the ball. Um, Obviously, with Williams out injured, that was the other big piece people wanted to see perform. So you know, we're kind of starting to get to what we wanted. We just want to start seeing it more consistently now
1: after a slow start to the year for this offense. Sutton's the alpha. There's there's no doubt about it. He's seeing more targets. Even with the Judy injury, he, he's he been seeing more, more volume. So I think he's, it's going to be weird to say, but I think Sutton will always be the steadier of the two. Well, Judy's ceiling might be higher. Like, Judy's biggest game this year will probably be bigger than Sutton's biggest game, just because, I just, just because Judy's capable of the big play. He's kind of like the Tyreek Hill. Like, there's... He's like Tyler Lockett. Like, Lockett's big games are usually... Like, Lockett's biggest game is usually better than Metcalf's biggest game because he's capable of scoring three three touchdowns and 170 yards. That's what Judy potentially could be. Whereas, I think Sutton, you're just going to get really good... really good work every single week. If there's one thing I'm concerned about, though, um, Sut- I think Sutton had four catches for, like, 42 yards and a touchdown in the first half, and he just kind of disappeared in the second, as did this whole offense. Part, maybe because Javante got hurt, but that, that was a little bit concerning. But I think it's all systems go for Cortland Sutton. If you have Jerry Judy as your wide receiver three, I'd be comfortable, but I'm still not sure if you can start him every week, whereas you definitely can start Sutton every week.
0: I'd, I'd agree. Sutton's the Sutton's is the guy to own in that uh that passing game. So, yeah, you know, passing games, man. Chiefs forty one, Bucks thirty one. I wish this game had been on the uh, main slate for DFS. But Patrick Mahomes two hundred forty nine passing yards, three touchdowns, ran for thirty four more yards, did throw an interception. Um, then you know Travis Kelsey, the guy, ten targets, nine receptions, ninety two receiving yards, and a touchdown. Juju was second in targets with eight, five receptions, forty six yards. Uh, And then the backfield, man, I mean, CEH just keeps keeps doing it, right? I mean, a
1: week after he didn't have any rushing yards,
0: too. Correct. The week after zero rushing yards, he goes for 92 on 19 carries, runs for a touchdown, targets one reception for two yards, and it happened to be another touchdown. Um, The piece that is interesting in this backfield, man, and we'll talk about the rookie running back on the other side as well, Dave Pacheco, 11 carries, 63 yards. That's 5.73 a carry. Um, so interesting to see him get more work than Jarek McKinnon this week yeah. because McKinnon was outworking him in previous weeks. Uh, so, just something to keep an eye on, especially if you think CEH has been unsustainable. But, like,
1: not, he said it was unsustainable after away. week
0: one, two. I mean, it was unsustainable after week one, week two, week three, week four, and like, still here. So, if this offense gets in the red zone, the ball's been going to CEH. So, you might as well ride it while it's good because honestly, we talked about it before. Not
1: many people are buying CEH. No. So you might as well roll with it while you can. I mean, this is the number one net offense in, in the league right now. And CEH is obviously a big part of that at, at this point. So fire them up, just like Josh Jacobs. Probably two guys that we may not have been high on coming into the season were Josh Jacobs and CEH. And they've both well outperformed their, their draft value. And, I mean, Kelsey's a monster. We knew that coming in. And Mahomes despite the interception, I don't know if it was one hundred percent his fault, but he was he was outstanding. Like he was very, very good in in this game. So I mean, hats off to to k c they They played great
0: looking at the other side, ninety seven year old Tom Brady threw the ball fifty two times, <laughs> um completed seventy five percent of them. 385 yards and three touchdowns. So, like when Brady gets in a game, he needs to throw the ball. It's it's just going to be unleashed. And then with those 52 attempts, we had a combined six rushing attempts from the backfield, three for Leonard Fournette, three for Rashad White. Um, and then Fournette got seven targets, seven receptions, fifty-seven yards. Rashad White, again, the rookie, five targets, five receptions, fifty yards. Um, So really interesting. I mean, almost an exact 50% split here in the backfield. Um, And the fact that Rashad White was getting involved in the passing game almost as much as Fournette. Those numbers are a little skewed because like Fournette with seven targets was really on a 13% target share, which is good for a running back. But when you see seven targets, you think it's a lot more. Mm -hmm. When they throw the ball 52 times, that's what happens. Uh, So What are we seeing in the backfield? And then, obviously, I'll let you talk about the wide receivers as well, who have been struggling
1: with some injuries but coming on strong here. Yes, just starting with the running backs. I think the Bucs' game plan, uh, Frank. I think the Bucs weren't able to execute the game plan they wanted just because the Chiefs came out so hot. They pretty the Bucs abandoned the run almost immediately just because the Chiefs were putting putting up points so early in the game. I mean, six carries. As a team that it has to be an anomaly like that's not realistic like I get it people I think people will over examine that white and fournette had the same amount of carries in this game like that's just my opinion like fournette is the main is the main guy um so I think this is an anomaly just based on game script and in terms of of the receiving work I mean it's great for fournette that he's involved that much, um, I get it. The thirteen percent target share may not be that impressive, but that is a guy Brady trusts. Why? I mean, you can roster him because eventually Fournette probably will go down with an injury. Um, but he's just spelling Fournette every every once in a while. But he's getting involved, and so uh, people, I think he's worth a roster spot. But I'm not getting overly excited about him either. I think I'm just excited about seeing the
0: rookie running back get in a little bit. Um, And honestly, this is more action than he's seen in previous games. I think he's got 11 carries on the season and like seven receptions. But obviously, five of those receptions were in this game. Um, I I like the rookie running back. I I think he's good. Obviously, he deserves to stay behind Leonard Fournette. This is his offense, Um, his backfield at least. So looking at wide receivers, Mike Evans, big day, 10 targets, eight receptions, 103 yards, two touchdowns. That's almost a 20% target share. I know the 10 target sounds like a ton. Godwin also had 10 targets, seven receptions, 59 yards. So good to see Godwin back from injury. Julio Jones also played only two targets, one reception, seven yards. Russell Gage kind of filled in as the third, or I guess the fourth target. We'll talk about tight end in a second. Targets, two receptions, 24 yards. Remember right down there? Eight targets, four receptions, 32 yards. So, saw a pretty good target share. And then Cole Beasley, one target, one reception, five yards, and announced today that he is retiring. um, Probably because every single Buccaneers wide receiver is back and they don't need him anymore. So, go ahead, go back to the couch and then wait for the next uh, potential Super Bowl winning team to call you when they need help. Um, Good to see Evans with the big day, the two touchdowns, and also good to see Godwin getting the 10 targets, honestly staying healthy for a game. Um and hopefully that continues for this offense to keep looking good because we're really high hopes for this offense for Tom Brady for all of these guys just we need them all to stay healthy.
1: I mean Mike Evans has been he's been pretty good in all the games he's played in this year. He, he was suspended last week but I mean this is Tom's guy. I still I'm not ready to trust Godwin just yet. just the chance of re-injury especially with hamstrings. It, it, I I'm concerned. And these Julio Russell Gage. It's it's tough to trust them because they're going to eat into each other. Honestly, Cameron Brate. Didn't he go out with a concussion? Notch. Sh- I thought I read. That. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, he is in concussion protocol. Yeah. So he was using the red zone quite a bit, but the concussion stuff is is concerning. But he and Evans are being used in the red zone quite a bit, along with Fournette. Fournette got the receiving touchdown I think, inside the ten yard line, but. Mike Evans, just fire him up every week. This guy's just a, he's a baller. There's no doubt about it. Um, Cameron Braid, if you're desperate, you know, go right ahead. But I, you can't trust Julio. You can't trust Gage. Godwin, I'm just wary of, like, not questioning the dude's talent. Like, he's, he's arguably more talent, the most talented player on this offense. But these ha- hamstring injuries don't always go away. Uh, during the season
0: yeah definitely something that can be reaggravated. so hoping he stays healthy obviously that that will only help this offense and everybody in it um as the offense is better more points more fantasy points and that's what we want so from sunday night to monday night last recap here so 49ers 24 rams 9 um so 49ers defense holds this rams offense in check but i think it's talked about it even with week one i know they played the bills but this offense just did not look the same as it did last year um but let's get to that in a second we'll talk 49ers first g and 39 passing yards one touchdown no turnovers um jeff wilson again is i don't want to call him a bell cow because they don't really throw the ball to the receivers but at 18 of their 19 carries out of the backfield 74 yards that's four yards to carry had the rushing touchdown Kyle was the only other guy with a carry out of the backfield. He also had a target or reception for 35 yards. And, man, Debo Debo Samuel still just being a freak athlete. Um, and I think, honestly, for fantasy purposes, Trey Lance not being the quarterback just benefits put. Debo maybe the most. Yeah. Um, seven targets, six receptions, 115 yards, and a touchdown. They also gave him uh, two carries out of the backfield, only two yards. But, again, he's going to get some carries now and then. And Brandon IU four targets. Jawan Jennings, four. Ray Ray McLeod, three. Obviously, this offense is Jeff Wilson and Debo Samuel at this point in time.
1: Yeah, Debo's touchdown was one of the best of the year. The amount of broken tackles and just the athleticism to outrun an entire NFL defense was really impressive. So that was one of my favorite plays of the entire year, the Debo touchdown. Monday, Jeff Wilson... Jeff Wilson has looked rock solid. He's not an R B one, but he's a rock solid R B two for the volume that he is getting in a run heavy offense. Uh, Brandon Ayuk came out really hot um on the first on, in the first quarter. I think all four of his catches were in the first quarter and then he cooled down a bit. I was impressed with Jimmy G. Um He just he looked composed. Like there were a few throws that probably should have been interceptions, including the Debo touchdown, but he looked good. Especially again, like you're playing an Aaron Donald defense and you don't get sacked once. Like the all line did their job, but you got to be composed as well. So Jimmy G looked good. Uh, We won't get into George Kittle, Graham. I know that's sensitive right now.
0: I don't don't want to talk about it. That is just so I'm glad Taylor is not on this episode, but I was down going into what Sunday night by like 15, 16 points with Juju and Juju and Kittle left to play. Like, I don't know, in 2018, I would have beat him by 50 with those two guys left with two games. Instead, they can't even put together 15 points and I lose by like six or seven or whatever. I just, I don't want to talk about it. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to see him back. Four targets, two receptions, 24 yards. Um, He had the touchdown that would have won me the game. Toes were on the line, you know, unfortunate. And, you know, it's interesting because everybody's talking about him being involved in talking with, protection um, they had some injuries on the offensive line but actually only was pass blocking for like 11 percent of plays and last year he averaged 12 percent per game so i don't think it's that i think it's just man this offense is going through jeff wilson and it's going through debo samuel right now and as kittle gets more comfortable back from you know being injured i'll start to get him involved more but i again i think he's one of these guys where you're gonna see games like this as talented as he is, where you get the two receptions, the 24 yards, he's going to have other games where he's going to catch that touchdown pass, and maybe one of his other receptions, he breaks two tackles and runs for 40 yards, right? Um, so I think you're going to have a, I want to say low floor, because I think there is a floor for Kittle, but it's, it's not
1: quite what maybe we're used to in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. But I'm not, I'm not worried about Kittle either. No, I'm just starting
0: Gerald Everett over him from now on because that would have won me the week, but neither here nor there. So, all right, that's it. Recap. Week four. Every team, all the injuries, everything you need to know. um, We'll have a preview show out as well this week for upcoming games. Mention some DFS. I'll talk through my lineups from last week and how disappointing they were, even though I chose the right game between the Seahawks and the Lions. Everybody, where we went wrong. Chris. Anything else you want to leave people with?
1: Yeah, Cooper Cup had a 40% target share this week, just so people know. Oh. Yes. Oh, geez.
0: I got I got so distracted, man, with the Kittle stuff. You you had me thrown off. I apologize. Cooper Cup, 19 targets, 14 receptions, 122 yards. So just doing Cooper Cup things with an almost 40% target share, like you said. Um Allen Robinson did have six targets, um, but only caught two of them for seven yards. Gowerneck had the same number of receptions, but for 33 yards. Uh, Tyler Higby, man, I I just, you have to keep playing him. I I keep saying it. Um, You you have to play him at tight end if you have him. Um, Unless you've got Kelsey or uh, Andrews, like I I don't see who else you're playing at this point for consistency in a lineup. 14 targets, almost 30% target share receptions 73 yards. I mean, we joke about how many targets Hill and Waddle have gotten with Tua at qb It's been like close to 70%. This is insane. Super Cup, Tyler Higby this game, right at about 70% target share. Um, so and then the backfield again. I mean, you're looking at a split of Henderson seven carries, acres eight. Henderson had twenty-seven yards, acres thirteen, Brandon Powell getting involved with the carry as well. Um was interesting to see the passing down work again so last week it was acres had more the previous week henderson had more back to henderson this week with four targets three receptions 12 yards but honestly i don't trust any of them either of them in fantasy right
1: now so i uh i'm not plugging them into any lineups i mean the rams are just soft that's what it is they can't beat the 49ers during the regular season because they're just a tougher they're tougher out they their d is given stafford fits stafford's I mean, it's going to be revisited to see, like, Stafford's elbow 100%. Was it 100% coming into the season? But this was such a bad game. Like, he was just ta- – if Cuff wasn't triple teamed, he was going to Cuff. And the defense knows it. That's where the pick six came from. Like, just reading, reading Stafford's eyes, and they go to one place pretty much. I mean, Higby is the second check down after Stafford looks at Cuff. And if there are three guys on him, he'll throw it to Higby. But this is it's just awful. It's so bad. So and this backfield, yeah, I mean the backfield, it's... like Graham, I know you were an Acres fan coming in, but like just it, this was coming. Like the split. And it's a complete, complete disaster.
0: So, you know, I think the thing that I'm frustrated by is like what is happening in Jacksonville. I don't know. James Robinson coming off an Achilles tear, taking all the work from Travis Etienne, who is the better athlete, right? Like that was, I went Etienne. I was like, no way. He's coming off an Achilles tear. Etienne's the better athlete. And Robinson tore his Achilles after Cam Akers did. So I was expecting, I didn't expect him to even play week one. I was like, Etienne will get established. Then it totally flips in LA. Cam Akers is the guy coming off the Achilles tear. Darryl Henderson is the other running back. And this one, honestly, at least in the beginning of the season, was like little oh, Daryl Henderson. Um, so I, don't know. I I clearly missed on both, even though this, yeah, right now looks like a straight split. All of that to say size is four games will yeah, see how the rest of the like, season plays out.
1: It's tough. Just because like the Rams offense has been egregious right now. If you're not if you're a Cooper Cup owner, you're like you're fine. Like the Rams could suck Thanks. and you a know, couple still get his and you'll be fine. But like the Rams inefficiency as an offense overall is 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 hurting everybody. Like Henderson is Henderson's an average running back. Acres hasn't looked good. He's just like we maybe we may have just gotten James Robinson wrong. Like he may just be very good. Like a very good football
0: I think that's player. I think that's exactly what happened. And Like you said, I was expecting this offense to be better. So, like CEH is putting up ridiculous numbers just based off of touchdowns. There was an off chance that if this Rams was the offense from last year, Cam Akers could get carries in the red zone and score touchdowns. But like you said, the offense just does not look good whatsoever. You can play Cooper Cup, play Tyler Higby. After that, I don't want any part of it.
1: I'll play Bobby Wagner.
0: Bobby Wagner, just taking out fans. Please, if you are going to go to a game, oh, no. don't run on the field. And if you do, just know that there will be consequences for your action.
1: Bobby, a police report was filed against Bobby Wagner.
0: Unbelievable. Right? It's FL NFL player, self-defense. I, Bobby, I'm going to let Bobby Wagner run into your office when you're working, and I'll let you file that police report against Bobby Wagner then just stupid stuff field um anyways now that you corrected me and we got to the rams um and talking about every single player even though all we needed to talk about were higby and cup um that's the show chris now anything you want to leave the people with other than the fact that we'll have another show out for a preview of week five and
1: dfs matchup uh take the under on thursday on the thursday night game
0: I need Hines to go for 50. Naheem Hines wheels up Thursday night. I'm not playing him in the flex. Don't play the Thursday night players in your flex.
1: I'm in my RB2 spot. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going for it. Don't trust Thursday night. <laughs> don't trust it. I heard it here first.
0: Chris says, don't trust it. And I'm starting Naim Hines as my RB2 in my home league. So, cool. uh, we'll let everybody see how that plays out <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> night. But other than that, you see underscore fantasy on twitter and instagram follow us let us know what you think otherwise we're out